What's going on? We are about to get into the episode. We're actually recording this after we already recorded the episode, but wanted to let you know that on February 8th, the online fitness business mentorship is having a huge sale, $300 off. If you want to be notified when the sale goes live, get on our email list. The link is in the show notes, $300 off to join the online fitness business mentorship. If you want to grow your business, you want to get more clients, you want to help more people all around the world while being able to support your family with this income. This is it. We're here to help. Not the the gurus, not the masterminds. This is real, no BS way to help you uh, help more people around the world, get more clients, teach them how to get great results, and also help you and your family along the way. So get on the email list, link in the show notes, $300 off starting February 8th. Let's get into the episode. Hello, Jordan. What's going on, Michael? What's up, bro? How are you? You definitely have a story to tell me. There's I sure do. definitely been something that you like, I, wrote I down. I can't believe that you remembered that I have a story to tell you. I literally, as the Riverside was counting down from 5-4, like, when it got to like 2, I was like, how's he going to start it? And I was like, oh my God, he has a story that he didn't tell me the other day. So I'm excited to hear this. I'm sitting on the beach in Florida. Perfect day pretty busy beach, but like people are spread out enough, had a week of family vacation, sun coming down, just the right temp, not too hot, not too cold, little bit of breeze, looking around, soaking it all in, feels great. This is amazing. My eyes gaze across like the the horizon and the water. And then I come down and I see my body and I'm like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> and in that moment i was like this is a real moment in my life what do you have more body fat than you want yeah just soggy my buddy bear and i always used to describe it as soggy which is like <laughs> like three weeks of holiday like eating absolutely whatever training frequency way down it kind of compounded into january didn't like have a real fresh restart had the elbow shoulder thing back in the fall, never got back up to like adequate training volume. So just less lean mass, no residual pump, uh, and way too much holiday cookies, et cetera. Soggy. And in that moment, I was like, it's all going to be different. Was it like, that was like the, the top view, like when you're looking down at your body from like the top, not like when you're looking in the mirror, you're just like looking from the top and you're yeah, like, just Ugh. looking down and I'm like, this isn't what I should look like in a beach chair. Like, this is not acceptable. <laughs> like, like, come on. And, uh, and so that's the moment it all changed. Did you say anything to anyone else there or was it, was it just you? Complete. No, no. What am I going to say? Hey mom, I look fat. Like. Mom, like, no, do I look fat? Yeah. <laughs> Especially because we all hold we all hold ourselves to our own standards, and so obviously my too soft, not enough lean, like not looking good, is different to everyone else, and it's relative. But everyone has a moment where they're like, "Okay, I got to clean this up a bit and uh, and feel better," and so that's what I did. And do you want to share your plan or no? Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it because it's it's a short plan. It's a, like a month basically of, and I'm a week into it, uh, of track, eat fewer calories. You know, I bought a bunch of apples and pears, so I have a couple of those a day. Don't eat processed crap like ice cream and Doritos and McDonald's and, uh, and just like, you know, be reasonable and be in a slight deficit and 
that's the plan. I feel like even when you do eat McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, like you never go for like the the real bad stuff. Like you're not getting like the fried stuff. You always go grilled chicken. Like well, I don't think McDonald's, you're getting the fries. McDonald's and Burger King both got rid of their grilled chicken around COVID because no one was buying it. So they don't even have but yeah, I try and make the best possible option. Oh really? So what you what do you get at McDonald's then? I get crap at McDonald's. What do you get? What's your McDonald's? I love the number two. What's the number two? Two cheeseburgers. Do you get fries with it or just two cheeseburgers? Depends how dialed I am. Probably usually just the two cheeseburgers and and a protein shake. Okay. But like, okay. it's, that's not even the point. The point is like, okay, um, look down at a place, real aha moment, one every 10 years maybe. It's like, okay, things are just going to be different now. And now they're different. I just think it's funny that like your crap is like, still pretty dialed. <laughs> that's that's why that's why every that's why I don't set an objective barometer for anyone. That's why when a client's like should I keep bulking or should I start losing fat? I I'll tell them objectively like you're in a position where you can do either. You're lean enough to continue bulking. If mm-hmm. you're for whatever reason you really want to cut, we can, but like you look great and let them decide because that decision is purely individual and psychological. Mhm. Yeah. How's your, are your suits fitting? <laughs> Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> long time <laughs> listeners will remember that, that story. Was, oh, man. Maybe it's not once every 10 years. Maybe it's like an annual thing that I do. <laughs> Those suit pants, man. I was so uncomfortable all day. But that was also, in fairness, in fairness, that was quads, hamstrings, glutes, and waist. Yeah. But it was yeah. like. It was just like thick boy from the knees to like the core across the board. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I could just picture you being in a bad mood that whole day, walking around, just being like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. Like what what did I do? In the the (laughs) the suit pants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The beach day, I was amazing because I was like, I don't care. No one else cares. Like like, who cares in in the micro, but in the macro, it's like I can do better. I can do better for my health and- yeah. Yeah. The, the suit pants, though, it's just like you're wearing it and it's uncomfortable. Like it's a physical reminder all the time. <laughs> every, every, well, it's not even that. I'm, it's a nice suit and I'm afraid I'm going to split my pants. I'm like bending over to pick something up. It's like, is it, is it going to go? Am I going to be the guy whose underwear is showing at the funeral? Like that's not optimal. And so. Like the new leggings that came out that show oh, the man. whole butt. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why you got to bring that up, bro. I almost made a comeback to social media, but I didn't. Between 4 to 5 p.m. yesterday, you almost made a real big co- – Central, 4 to 5 p.m. Central, you almost made a real big comeback posting about that. Yeah. Are we Are we going to talk about – you really yeah, lead me down it. this If road? there's a place to talk about it, let's do it. This it is, is it. on the PT pod. I was going to make – well, basically, there's these like uh, assless leggings that Kate Hudson's fitness – or uh, yeah, athletic wear brand yeah, came like out with. It's like assless chaps that are like they're, fitness they're, clothing. They're leggings with like a built-in thong and the entire ass is out. And it's like a thong, ass, more leggings. And uh, I was going to make a, I was going to post it on my Instagram feed and make a joke about women in the gym, especially because in Florida training in this commercial gym, uh, gym wear has just changed. And here in Minnesota, I'm you know, I'm pretty remote with my training. There aren't a lot of people. It's pretty low key. At the commercial gym I was at in Florida, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a Victoria's Secret fashion show slash fitness slash like, there's just lots of body parts exposed. Lots of like, yeah, 
very revealing outfits and yeah, I don't know what else to say. And you can, it, it's it's comical because it's like you could see someone wearing those those leggings with their whole ass literally hanging out, and then like making a post on social media like, "Why are all these people staring at me? I don't get it." It's like, well, because your ass is hanging out of your fucking pants. Like, I'm literally, here, I'm here to work out. Stop sexualizing my ass that is exposed in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So 4 to 5 p.m. Central might be your comeback time. We'll see. Yeah. It's not going to be educational, though. It's just going to be what it's going to be. But that's not what's next on the docket. What's next on the docket I wanted to lead into <laughs> was any interesting training updates from, from I you. sort of I sort of jade that whole introduction. That was you know cool. I mean? Like good for that you. Was good, right? Yeah. Versatile. Yeah. Wait. So what did you say? What am I talking about? Any anything interesting in your training? I get asked all the time what my training looks like right now, and so I feel like it's a good recurring, like at least every couple months, we should with my training. Yeah. Um, dude, a, a lot of cardio, and I'm really enjoying it. Gary asked me what your how's Jordan's training. Would you, I mean, what did you tell him? I told him a lot of cardio. So I'm just doing jujitsu every day. Jujitsu five days a week, a lot of cardio, zone two, heart health, jujitsu performance, lifting at least a few days a week. What'd Gary say about that? Like the cardio? He immediately went to like, Jordan really let himself go during our three years together, but he's really got it back now. <laughs> he's true. He's right. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm just going to well, work. And, and he said these he's like, three years. I think he even said like following me all over and he was, went so hard on his business. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, dude, it's a lot. I'm, I'm lifting two to three days a week. So Viata's doing my programming. He has me lifting three days a week, but sometimes I'll, I'll extend the week. So it'll be like a 10 day week essentially. So like, it won't be, it won't be all done in seven days just because sometimes like depending on, on how, I base everything off of my jujitsu. So like the more intense jujitsu is getting, the the less intensely I'll, or the less frequently I'll lift. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm if jujitsu is more drilling and light work, then I'll strength train three times a week heavy. If jujitsu is is less drilling and more like competitive, like rolling and and real fighting, then I'll extend my week so I won't lift as often. It'll be like three times in ten days, and that's where I'm at right now. Um, we have some competitions coming up and. For example, today we drilled for the first half and then for the last 32 minutes, I fought nonstop. So it was like Alex, my coach, and this other guy, Kevin. So we'd go two minutes back and forth. I'd go two minutes against Alex, two minutes against Kevin, two against Alex, two against Kevin, two against Alex, two against Kevin. And we would do eight-minute rounds. So at the end of those eight minutes, we'd take a one-minute rest and then go again and then do the same thing for 32 minutes straight. And that was that's it was great. It was Kevin at the end of it was like, dude, your cardio is fucking insane because I was fine. Like I wasn't even really like that, that tired. So, um, my cardio is without question the best it's ever been, which I'm really excited about. And it's, I'm just enjoying the cardio, man. It's, um, it's fun. The cardio isn't fun. And I'll clarify that in terms of, especially the zone two, like the hour long cardios that I do, if I was just doing cardio, without any distraction, it wouldn't be fun. But right now watching Game of Thrones the second time through, I I can't wait for my cardio so I can watch Game of Thrones the second time around. Like it's just it's fun. And like finding good shows or good podcasts, whatever it is, like or getting on the phone with a buddy and talking to them or doing an Instagram live. Like 
and actually I really like doing Instagram lives and stuff when I do zone two because it forces me to truly be in zone two. Because if I find myself being like really out of breath, not able to answer questions, I'm like, all right, I'm going Slow too down. hard. Yeah. So it's uh it's great, man. I'm training's going super well. That's a clinic you're putting on in habit stacking right there. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks, bro. James Clear would be extraordinarily proud, as would everyone who plagiarized uh, James Clear. <laughs> atomic Habits. Yeah, Every yeah. coach who's plagiarized Atomic Habits on social <laughs> would, media. Would also be proud of you. <laughs> I got a new theory about <laughs> habit stacking. <laughs> I was just thinking, and I made this whole thing up. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It's like yes. in Talladega Nights. When, when, do you ever watch Talladega? Not mm-hmm. Talladega Nights. It was... um. Will Ferrell's uh, Blades of Glory. Did you ever see that? I didn't see that whole movie, no. Oh, man. There's just one moment not where like- Not a big like... figure skater. <laughs> it's not a figure skater. It, it is about figure skating, but it's comical. Anyway, he like gets off and he makes this like ridiculous quote. It's like, And I'm going to butcher the quote. It was something like, you know, you can fly as high as you want or something like that, whatever it is. And and the guy's like, this guy's like, wow, where'd you come up with that? And they and and Will Ferrell's like, I don't know, just made it up. And then it pans in on a huge banner behind him with that exact quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these people reading Atomic Habits, they're like, oh, that was a really good chapter. And then they go on social media, they're like, so I was just thinking about this with my clients, and I came up with this new strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's worth a reread, though. Like that's one. I have a new theory about reading fewer books and instead fewer new books and rereading the really good ones because so like I have gotten through half that audiobook again and so many things jog my memory that I had forgotten the first time through. Mm, same thing with like rewatching Game of Thrones. Yeah, well that's actually that's even different because it's such a complex show the first time through and there's so many characters you don't really know what's going on. You hit the ground running from episode 1 that the second time through you pick up so much backstory and and just like it's it's more enjoyable the second time through. You're 100% right. And I know I told you this the other day. I was like, the first time through, I couldn't keep track of who was who and which characters were which. Now I'm seeing all of the intertwining storylines. And, you know, I didn't realize that Stannis Baratheon was Robert's brother. And mm-hmm. I didn't like I, I didn't know that the first time through. Mm-hmm. Like and I obviously they had the same name, but like I didn't put those two together. Yeah, it was it was like that was that was a huge thing for me then like in this watching in this re- rewatch right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. And it's also cool like to know the people's backstories now and like to have a better understanding of them. I'm also seeing them in a different, like, like Joffrey, man, Joffrey is terrible, but I also feel bad for him. You know, like there are moments in which you can see that this kid with the right leadership and the right, with the right person to lead him, he would he could have been great. But because he had Cersei and because he just had terrible, terrible leadership around him, he just fell down that path. So, I mean, terrible and no excuse, but I also understand like Cersei is just the worst. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> she is probably second to uh, Ramsey Bolton. Where are you? You're in season two? Yeah, season two, episode three. Season two is... I mean, the last two seasons, I don't remember, was it six and seven or seven and eight? Whatever the last two seasons are, are the worst. Like the writing yeah. just fell off an absolute cliff because they had no books to go off of. But it, in one through five, uh, season two is my least favorite. So keep grinding through it. Don't stop. I like season two so far. Three really picks up and, and four is amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you watching anything good right now? Uh, White Lotus season two oh, now that. on HBO Max. I, I brought it up to you a couple episodes oh, ago. You told me about it. Okay. Yeah, HBO. It's they they. I mean, Game of Thrones has a lot of sex scenes too. White Lotus slightly overuses sex scenes, I think, which okay. is like, you know, we're not teenagers. It's not like an exciting thing. It's just like this extra unnecessary, yeah. like whatever. People can go see that if they want to see that. It doesn't add anything. But yeah. the writing and the characters and the acting and how accurately they mimic current culture is almost second to none. Like, really? Yeah, I I really enjoy it in, okay, in a weird way. Yeah, there's a great scene. What's it about? <sighs> like a hotel, the operations of a of a hotel, and like rich people oh, okay. that are over there on vacation. But the the it's mm-hmm. the dynamics between the characters, right? Okay. So in season two, there's like this girl who's there with her boss, and she's you know looking for fun and adventure you know, 22 year old girl. And then, uh, there's a guy who she meets, but the guy's like this went to Stanford, like very like buttoned up, super nerdy, like would have feminist in his Twitter bio type of like, you can get where I'm going yeah. with this. And, and then there's like this kind of bad boy guy and she like starts with the other dude and she's still very bored with him, but it's vacation. So she's with him. And then the bad boy guy comes along and like the other guys nowhere to be found. The other guys at lunch with his dad and his grandpa who are you know, like he basically, he thinks very little of them because they're, they're like old school and oppressive and whatever. And so he, he's giving, <laughs> yeah. he's giving them this speech about like the right way to be a man. And the grandpa's like looking at him like, you know, back in my day, like we respected the opinions of our elders, but these new kids are, it's, it, it hits on those issues in a, in like a fun and accurate way. Mm, got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Awesome. I'm going to watch that next then. Yeah. Uh, I get uncomfortable with some of the sex scenes in Game of Thrones because I'm watching it when I'm doing cardio (laughs) and like there's a busy gym behind me and I'm like, people are going to like call the management and say I'm watching porn on this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because some of them are like real. I'm like, geez, like, all right. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. This is is a little bit intense. It's, It's almost like they felt, I don't know. A lot of shows, I think, feel they need that shock value to pull people in, but shows stand on their own. Like I just think about the actors and the actresses. And I'm like, y'all are naked and like <laughs> right up in the other person's like junk with a whole film crew around you. And you know, like they don't do this in one take. Like they're there for often hours at a time, right? Like, all right, do that again, do that again. And like, you know, moaning and I'm like, this has got to just be dreadful going through that process. You got lights on you, makeup, you got people watching, cut, you're not moaning right, da 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 Like, all right, hump them again. I'm like, oh my God. Like, could you imagine doing that in front of a whole crew? That's crazy. Yeah, Clips Nation, Jordan analyzing sex scenes in TV shows. <laughs> That's not a clip. <laughs> It's not a clip we're publishing. <laughs> no, no, not a clip. Oh, man. Not uh, on Instagram, at least. Okay. So, you're training not a lot of changes other than, they're really not a lot of changes. A, a lot of the same. Yeah, do the same shit over and over and over and over and over again and try and get better. Yeah. 
Even on the days you don't want to. Especially on the days I don't want to. It's funny, like my, my wife will, because I, I, I do something every day, like every day. And uh, it's just gotten to be like really good for me mentally and emotionally, physically. Like I, I, it's not hard, but at the very least, I'll do zone two every day. Um, and I've been working out at night just because I've been doing that since I've had my daughter. And like I do it like 9 or 10 p.m. And every day my, my wife is like, are you going to, you know, just take a break? And I'm like, attack mode. I've got to be ready to go. Mm. I've got to be ready to protect the family and all. <laughs> and she laughs and, and she she thinks it's funny. But like, yeah, I'm in attack mode, man. I've just got to be ready to go at all times. Yeah. She won't think it's funny when you literally save her life in a moment because of the preparation that you've done. And she's super supportive of it. Of and course. last night she I made know. your favorite uh, chicken parm. The chicken parm that she makes, so good. Yeah, super. You didn't super invite good. me over. That's disappointing. I, you're always invited over. You're just in in uh, different Minnesota, state. Minnesota. I, for the first time since the year 2013, am intentionally suboptimally structuring my training frequency. What's that mean? It means instead of hitting each body part twice a week. Mm -hmm. just for fun and for no other reason other than it sounds like fun. I'm doing a push-pull leg three times a week, blasting everything, not even really blasting it that hard, blasting some stuff, but one day per muscle group and that's it. And, and giving myself a, more time to recover and less training frequency and making me look forward to each workout. I don't know how long it'll last, definitely the next month, but that's what's new over here. So was it like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, but yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. Got it. I mean, the thing for me, like in terms of like analyzing your training and that I feel like you just love training. I feel like this is not going to be enough for you mentally because you like going to the gym. You like lifting. It's like not just the physical aspect of it. I, I am doing other things other than lifting. So it's making space for at least 90 minutes of zone two and neck day. Neck day. Nice. The iron neck? Um, um, my plan is to have one iron neck day. My plan is to train neck directly twice a week. But those are like, I'm not taking pre-workout. I'm not upping my caffeine dosage for that day. So it's, it's I'm eating like Can a rest day. Can you imagine taking pre-workout for your neck day? <laughs> <laughs> neck day. High frequency neck day. Uh, that'd be awesome. No, caffeine management actually... Let's take this into sleep. So basically, that's what I'm doing, and and uh, it's been really fun for the last week, and I'm going to continue doing it for a while here. I also, like you said, I like training more often, but um, the wear and tear stuff on my shoulder and elbow back in the fall in the bulk was it's just not worth trying to do that again and getting hurt and having a nagging injury and like wanting to golf and not being able like it's just not worth it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why, why do you want to train your neck so much? That's a great question. No one wants to be a pencil neck, Jordan. It's just not a good thing to be. Dude, you're, you're preaching. Yeah. I, I think... Do you think you have a pencil neck? No, but I want the opposite of a pencil neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want there to be no mistake. Correct. I want people to think I'm injecting HGH into my neck. <laughs> Uh, there's there's also an element of like I've had so many issues around it and thinking 
this like backwards logic of like, okay, you know, avoid things that hurt so I don't get hurt when really it's no, strengthen that thing so it doesn't get hurt. And I haven't really had, I haven't had real issues in recent times as much as I used to, but yeah, it's, it's also a ne- like it, in the spirit of you like doing things, you like being active. I don't want to be doing that much cardio. I like this lifting frequency makes me look forward to lifts and I want to be doing something on those other days, even if it's 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, back in the day that might've been direct ab training, but neck just feels, feels right. What, so push pull legs, is it like bodybuilding style? Like what's, what's your, uh, same as always more of like a longer rest, lower rep, like kind of strength focus. And as the session goes on, reps go up, rest time comes down slightly. Yeah. Not doing anything crazy. Not even like you would think, oh, one day a week, you're doing some insane volume, not even doing insane volume, legs and abs, pyramiding up on a lot of stuff. Not that many, uh, not that many like RPE eight, nine sets. Um, oh really? Yeah. Just yeah. a couple. Just, just trying to feel yeah. good. I, yeah. Going off intuition, um, like, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding of the current evidence based movement is people think that volume basically shouldn't change or doesn't need to change that much between muscle gain and fat loss phases. And I've always found that to be completely wrong. Like, I physiologically can't do that many hard sets in a reasonable like pound to pound and a half a week deficit as I can when I'm consuming 4,000 calories a day and and trying to make gains. So I still want to get more sets in because it feels good, uh, you know, because I'm practicing the skill of the movement. And so that's why I'm not doing like a standard warm up and then like three really hard sets, but instead pyramiding up and maybe doing four yeah. sets or five sets, but like mid-range like there's warm-up and then there's like these kind of mid-range that fatigue you a little bit but they're not actually creating hypertrophy and then there's the top sets that are higher intensity and uh yeah yeah a lot more volume on the back day than the push day um yeah feel good lose some fat get dialed back in can't be having moments like that at the beach what are your what are your macros at well, I set them, but then I was pretty hungry, and so I bumped them. <laughs> you set them based on what? Off of your goal weight or or just what you thought you should I be at know. to lose, just, lose fat? W- yeah. What I should be at to lose fat based on what I think I had been consuming, based on historically yeah. where I want to be. And, and a little bit of, you know, set them more aggressive just for the first few days and then brought them back up. But rest days, 175, 175, 75 for 2,075 cals. And then training day, I was 175, 275, 60. Or sorry, I was 175, 250, 60. And I bumped carbs to 275. And that that's protein carb fat, just for people listening. Yeah. They know. They know, yeah. Jordan. That's probably a good clarification. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You were, you were probably hungry on that rest day. Not really, man. I mean, I'm sleeping nine and a half hours a night oh, nice. for the last three weeks, which is actually something else that I wanted to bring up since actually we should talk about something that people care about rather than this. But I'm afraid of dad's sleep life. <laughs> Why are you afraid? Just don't think, I don't know that I got it in me. Oh, bro. You've got it in you. I know you do. I desperately hope that my test levels 
are low enough when I have a kid that I start TRT like on the day of birth. And this is, this is just like, you know, this isn't happening right now or anything, but just, th- you know, I'm a planner. No, you've got it. You've got it. It's, I mean, it's just, you have it. It's going to like, it's going to be difficult, but it's also just like, I always, people are always like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it really is like the best thing ever. And like, yeah, it's difficult in many ways, but it's just the best. So it's like, yeah, it's not even going to be an issue. I agree with all that, but I, but I still don't know how I'm going to function on very minimal sleep for a solid period of time. You're just going to, you're just going to fucking do it because you don't have another choice, you know? All right. Q&A time. You didn't like that answer. Okay. Well, Q&A I, time. honestly, I felt like you thought that this is, we need to give the people something of value and just and quit running all over the place with this. Dude, I'm great with the conversation we're having. Good. Me too. You want me to get my Q&A open? Let's do it. Let's do rapid fire today. All right. B-Fit Amanda asked, what tips do you have to make my 30-minute workouts the most efficient? Um... And this could be good for coaches who need to program 30-minute workouts for their clients for any number of reasons. So what tips do you have, Michael, for to make 30-minute workouts the most efficient? And we're just get, we're not going to like dig in on the client and be like, hey, why only 30 minutes? Like, No, we're just going to assume that they're correct and they need 30-minute workouts. 30 minutes, seven days a week instead of 45, three days a week? <laughs> well, let's say 30-minute workouts three to four times a week. Or you know you got thirty minutes a day, seven days a week. You have thirty minutes every day. I think that's fair. If it's seven days a week, I'm probably not going to change much at all. We're just going to be splitting the the volume across two workouts instead of like an hour workout three days a week. We're going to split the volume across the workouts. Um, if it was thirty minutes three days a week, then relative to uh, depending on the goal, but I would reduce rest time and try to get more volume into that session and end up having the client go a little bit lighter um, rather than doing like, you know, a 30 minute workout, you're going to take five minute rest and hit a barbell back squat. You end up doing like three working sets and that's the workout. I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate some supersets. I'm going to have lower rest times. I'm going to, uh, try to get a decent amount in without it being just 30 straight minutes of work with no rest. Obviously there's a balance there. We don't want this to be just like a nonstop class, like get sweaty, feel good as a result uh, without having any rhyme or reason to it. But we're also not going to be programming like just pure strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think it's important to say with something like this, someone who's doing 30 minute workouts several times a week, three to four times a week, their goal cannot be to be a champion in anything because then if they wanted to be a champion, then they would be training more than that. That doesn't mean they can't get great results, but like they're not trying to be an elite athlete or a high level competitor. This is usually someone who just wants to be healthy, which is great because you can definitely get healthy doing that. My personal favorite things to do with 30 minute workouts are, are things like density circuits. Um, I love density circuits. So like, for example, in 30 minutes, you could, you one density circuit, you could make it five minutes, you could make it eight minutes, you can make it 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But usually I like between the five to 10 minute range. So you set the clock for 10 minutes and I'll usually pick between like two to four exercises. 
So let's say it's a let's say it's an upper body day. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll pick three exercises. So I'll do like push ups, dumbbell rows, and um, and a Russian twist. Right for 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 core. Right. So you set the clock for we'll do ten minutes. You do five push ups, five dumbbell rows per arm, and then eight Russian twists per side. And you repeat that as many times as you can within those 10 minutes. Now, how you explain this to the client is going to be dependent on what you want them to achieve. So early on, um, if it's like a a brand new client, I'm probably not going to, I definitely do not want them rushing through it going crazy, right? It's like, listen, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. But like, let's go nice and slow. And, and in 10 minutes, maybe they'll go through the whole thing five times, four times, five times. So it's like four to five total sets. And it's not done like anywhere near failure, but you're getting the technique down and you're getting a lot of exposures. As someone gets more advanced, you can start really getting them to push the weight, like maybe doing weighted push-ups, pause push-ups, something like that, super heavy dumbbell rows, and then really, really, really good uh, um, Russian twists when you're... but you can start to then track progress by, all right, are you going to increase the weight? Are you going to try and get more? Like if you got five rounds in last week, you're going to try and get six rounds in this week. You can progressively overload in that way. Um, and then if you got 30 minutes, you could do two, three, or four different types of density circuits. You could also do EMOMs every minute on the minute. So let's say you did two density circuits for eight minutes each, that's 16 minutes total. You have like two minutes rest in between the density circuits. So that's like 18 minutes. Then you do an EMOM for the last 10 minutes. So every minute on the minute, you do like a kettlebell, like five kettlebell swings and whatever the fuck you want to put in there. But like you could do five kettlebell swings and five like med ball slams for the last 10 minutes. Great. Now you got some conditioning at the end. So here it's a great opportunity to get a fair amount of volume in with high quality work in a very short period of time. Like you said, I don't like if a 30 minute workout, I'm not doing real barbell stuff or not, not single sets. I'm not just going to do squats or deadlifts. Like if I'm going to do barbell stuff, like, cool, maybe I'll have like barbell deadlifts as part of a density circuit. And then after barbell deadlifts, then I'll go right into who knows, like a, a goblet squat or something like that. But you have the ability to uh, get more volume in in less time. And those workouts are brutal, by the way. They're, they they suck in terms of like how difficult they are. But um, it's a very good way to make 30 minutes more efficient. Great tips. I love that. George's always hitting that transverse plane. He's he's very aware of. Uh, Got to. And, and obviously there might be a situation, someone comes to you, they're like, I can do 30 minute workouts seven days a week. And by the way, my number one goal is increase my deadlift strength. It's like, okay, they might not be doing seven density workouts a week. That person might end up having a day where it's like, okay, today we're focusing on your deadlift. Like we're going to do some speed work. We're going to do whatever. Dude, remember that, that segment you and I did like where I can't prove this, but. Yeah. No one understood it. Everyone hated it. Let's go. (laughs) We're going to do it again. I love it. I can't prove this, but I strongly believe that training through the transverse plane and, and just through different movement patterns, but training through the transverse plane and doing more rotational work is one of the best things you can do for your spinal health and for, for core health and for keeping your back safe and healthy and pain-free. Mm. Mm. I see so many people who've got back pain who are just stiff and they never move. And, and, and because they're stiff, they don't move out of that range of motion. So they get more stiff and they get more stiff and they get more stiff. I think one of the, and this is a huge issue I see in the the fitness industry now, because right now 
hypertrophy training has made a big comeback, getting huge. And, and the time this time around, it's different because it's not just dudes who want to get huge. Now women really want to build big muscle as well, which is great. But like we've, we're seeing a huge resurgence in hypertrophy training, which is very cool. But now hypertrophy training has gone to the extreme of like we need essentially they're saying volume doesn't matter or almost that volume doesn't matter. That's only intensity that matters the, the most by far. And you only need a cut like one to two sets of like three to four exercises. And that's it. As long as you go as hard as you possibly can at those exercises. And I think there's a difference between what is effective and what is optimal. Right. And, and, and what I'm seeing is a lot of people just going unbelievably hard to failure or, or like one RIR, one rep in reserve on these like big compound movements that are all in the sagittal plane, all like straight up and down, but no one's moving side to side. No one's moving uh, in the transverse plane, doing rotational work. And I see these people like moving like shit and they're super stiff and they have a lot of pain. And it's like, well, yeah, because you're not moving your body. Like it's one thing to train a muscle through a range of motion. It's nothing to move your body as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're training your clients, it's one thing if you're training someone to be a high level bodybuilder. Yeah, give them what they need in order to compete at a high level. But if you're training everyday people with this like outrageously high intensity protocol with minimal movement in other planes of motion, I think you're you're f- making a big mistake. It's also not that like you're not giving away that much hypertrophy progress to program in some movement in other planes. Like especially for someone who's not an elite level bodybuilder, any beginner or intermediate lifter can make awesome muscle gain progress while also having a, a program that incorporates exercise selection that leads to exercise selection and mobility between sets. If you want to program something like that, that leads to your client feeling really, really good while also building strength and muscle. Boom. Mm-hmm. Win-win. Yeah. Like how much progress are you really leaving on the table? Not a, not an amount that matters, especially for a natty intermediate trying to build muscle, which is like, you know, pissing into the wind anyway. Like, or that might not be walking uphill, whatever the, whatever the proper, <laughs> <laughs> feels like pissing into the wind. Pissing in the wind. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, it's, I understand, I think I know a handful of names, uh, that are leading the charge of volume doesn't really matter. Intensity is everything, but that's still, a uh, only a group and maybe it's a bigger group than it was before, but like, there's still a lot of very smart people and researchers who believe that, um, you know, slightly less intense sets not going all the way to failure, but leaving a couple reps in reserve and uh, paying attention to volume and and programming specific amounts of volume uh, uh, and potentially having more training volume does lead to better muscle growth. Mm. And like Isratel and RP is the one that comes to mind for me because that was, I, I'm not like dialed in and following the day-to-day changes, but unless his like general philosophies around muscle gain have changed recently, I don't think he's in that camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I'm, I'm kind of asking, is that right? Or you don't know? Basically, you're saying the intensity over volume crowd is growing. Yeah, I I just try not to name people because I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to piss anyone off and all that stuff. But like, yeah, generally there is, a, as far as I know, Isratel is, is still like, 
outside of that camp. And but to be fair, like I do think the research is pretty clear that mechanical tension and, and higher intensity is the driving factor for muscle growth. But going back to what you were originally said, I think that adding in extra movements that are lower intensity to train in different planes of motion purely for movement quality doesn't take away from effective hypertrophy training. Like you could do both. You could add it into your day. Um, you could add it into your workout. You could add it into times when you're not actively working out. I just think we see a huge issue with, um, with only training a single modality. And maybe this is a huge part of my bias growing up and, and whether it was training with Louis Simmons or training with Eric Cressy or, or whatever it is, I've, I've never thought it was a smart idea to train a single modality at, at the expense of all others. We're only doing hypertrophy. We're only doing mobility. We're only doing strength. It's like, that's never made sense to me. And I think it's probably largely because of my background with conjugated periodization and, and understanding that you can and should train all qualities simultaneously with maybe some focuses that you really want to develop. But the idea that like you should like, like block periodization has never made sense to me um, when you could just use conjugated periodization. Um, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me that only, you're only going to train one quality at the expense of others. And I see people doing this with hypertrophy training right now. It's like, we're only going to train hypertrophy, which means we're only going to go super high intensity. We're going to use minimal volume. We're just going to go as hard as you can with these movements. And it's like, I just don't see how that makes sense unless you are competing at an unbelievably high level and your income is based off of your results in this in this one thing. Other, otherwise, it doesn't make sense to me, especially for coaches training clients. It's like speaking to the crowd who's listening to this, it, this is one of the most important lessons I ever learned as a coach. Your goals are not your client's go goals. What you want to achieve is not necessarily what your client wants to achieve. And oftentimes your clients might not even know how to fully articulate what it is they want or need. And you as the coach have to know that. They might see you doing hypertrophy training and say, oh, I want to do that. But they don't know that they don't know how to articulate, well, I also want to move better. I also want to feel better. They might not even know to say something like that. They're just going to assume that that's going to be part of the program and it should be part of the program. Unless you're getting someone who's coming to you being like, hey, I want to be Mr. or Mrs. Olympia. In which case you have to ask, are you actually qualified to coach that person? But like everyone should be having real movement quality as a part of their programming, especially for everyday people. Yeah. It's the same as the person who lists muscle gain and, and improved health as their number one and two goals. And then says they don't care at all about fat loss. And then you, yeah. re and then you yeah. read further and they're like, I just really want to see my abs. And you're like, okay, <laughs> uh, which is it? Um, yeah. Will, will there ever, we can move on. This was a good rapid fire on uh, 30 minute, 30 minute workouts. Good job, Mike and Jordan. Good rapid fire. Great discussion though. I'm super into it. Uh, will there be a time where you are naming people even if it pisses them off or is that just not a life strategy? I don't think it's a good life strategy. I, I don't like calling people out. I don't like, I, it doesn't make me feel good. It seems like a cheap shot. I didn't, I, didn't I, also, I didn't think you were insulting though. I just was gen generally curious of, but I understand. Here's what I think. I have a feeling that the vast majority of people, 
if they got in a room together, they would actually somewhat enjoy each other and they would like them. And they would probably agree on more than they disagree. And I see a lot of drama starting on social media where someone says one thing that they don't like and then they make a whole entire post calling that person out and saying this. And it's just like, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. Maybe their mom is sick. Maybe like they're they're going through something terrible. And then I made an entire video about that one person and called them out. It's like, fuck, man. I see. And then, you know, like I don't that's where I'm like, I don't know what they're going through. They're probably a great person. Obviously, I disagree with this one statement. How about I just take this statement and discuss this as opposed to saying like, hey, this person's a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, straw man me a little there, but I understand. No, 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 no. And I know I'm not saying that's what you said, but I see a lot of people on social media doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm saying like, it's it's pushed me further away from that from that style of content because- you just never know. Yeah, call out stuff. I understand. I'm just, uh, I'm just not socially competent enough to know that in that specific conversation, naming them would have upset the person. But, but now I know. So yeah. But the other day, when someone like was was doing all that Holocaust stuff, when I was bringing up the Holocaust in my comment section, and, and like then I, sh- I was, I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share your name. I don't care because like. At that, I was talking about how I had family in the Holocaust and like uh, all this stuff. And then this this person goes like, this clown is justify is saying that he can talk about it because he had family in the Holocaust. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm like, all right, now I'm sharing your name. <laughs> now I'm sharing your name. Like, all right, you just went to a whole new level. You, st- you poked the fucking bear. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> George, what, what, real quick. Have you ever worn one of those hats that have the really tiny brims? Um, like the old man hats? Yeah. Yeah, I used to wear one in college. I was just going to say, I think you'd look good in that. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I, I used to wear one in college because when I interned with Louis Simmons, Louis would always wear one of those hats. <laughs> and then I wanted to be like Louis, so I got one of those hats. That's awesome. And then, yeah, and people in college, I got made fun of a lot in college, a lot. Because I was like this nerdy kid who had my website, who was like head of the powerlifting team. But like I was I was just so dialed with my training and with like wanting to write articles and all this stuff. And, ever, and I would never go to parties. I wouldn't go to frat parties. I, I wouldn't do any of that stuff. And like people would be like, what, what are you doing? Like you're in on a Friday night. Just like – and a lot of people were had, didn't – and like you're wearing – wearing that like small little old man hat yeah, yeah. just bringing my my laptop into brouhaha on main street in newark delaware just you know it was uh, i got i got a lot of shit in college for stuff like that but good gasoline they're pouring gasoline on the fire of the site fitness oh yeah come up ace fit zero said do you still track your calories every day while in maintenance uh ace fit zero no <laughs> I sure have not been tracking my calories while in maintenance slash accidental slight surplus, not the good muscle gain kind, but the other kind of surplus. Um, Realistically, at this point in my career, and are we answering for ourselves or are we giving advice? Both. Uh, I probably track somewhere between three and six months out of the year. And that's probably on the high side. If, I was going to say, being, wow. If I'm being super honest or like honest with myself. Um, 
We've talked about it many times and we talk about it a lot when we talk about is intuitive eating good? Uh, and the truth is you need to understand the calorie content in various foods and the ideally protein, carbon, fat content of various foods to have an understanding of what it is you're eating, portion sizes, serving sizes, weighing food for a period of time so you actually know what you're putting in your body before you can go extended periods of time not tracking and successfully maintain progress. And I spent a lot of time tracking um, in the 2008 to 2016 timeframe not 100% of that, but a lot of it. And by the way, you don't need to track for eight years to understand. Something like 30 days is a great starting point. But uh, I got to the point where I'm really good at guesstimating. I eat a lot of the same foods very often. And uh, and so I would say three months out of the year, I'm like tracking everything I eat in the day. And the rest of the time, I'm not. Dude, I think that's the most underrated fitness or nutrition advice is eating the same foods on a regular basis. My breakfast and lunch is the same thing every day. Yeah. The only variable is dinner. And that's based on what my wife is, would like to make. Mm -hmm. And it's, and she's so good with like, you know, she, it's always, there's always protein, there's always vegetables and then some type of carbon fat as well. Mm -hmm. It's like breakfast and lunch is always the same period. Like I think it's one of the easiest ways to, to lose and maintain that weight loss. What if someone says, but I get bored and I don't like that. All right. Then pick, you, you have two options. There, there are a couple, here are a couple options. Number one is cycle through three to five meals that you know what the calorie ranges are. So make three to five meals that you enjoy and cycle through those anytime that you want, but make them be within the calorie range that you need them to be. That's one option. And the other option is don't do any of that. And then you know, enjoy the meals, but not be happy with the fitness progress. Yeah. <laughs> That's yep. it. Like, yep. those, those are the main or, options. <laughs> or say, yes, yeah, sometimes life is boring and you can go explore and have adventures in other areas of your life, but here, buckle down and, and let's get yeah. some progress. And then when you are in maintenance, then you can be eating, then you have more wiggle room than when you're trying to lose body fat or when you're pursuing a specific goal. You can also... Uh, I'm not good enough to do this or skilled enough as a chef, but you can obtain variety through eating the same foods, but preparing them differently or, you know, doing, doing different things with the same ingredients, um, to, to introduce some variety if that's something you can, you can do. But yeah, I completely agree. Eating the same handful of foods pretty frequently and in regular intervals, like having consistent meal timing throughout the day helps massively mm -hmm. with uh with being in range on calories and protein and fiber and whatever you you care about without having to track it every single day. Yeah, makes it so much easier. Yeah, and 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 again, if your goal right now is to lose body fat, like this isn't really for maybe a subset of people, but most people when losing fat, tracking is the way to go. But through that tracking you're going to get to a place where you don't necessarily have to. Snaps22209 asked, how do you deal with friend fallouts because you have grown apart? I don't think I have a lot of wisdom here. <laughs> okay. But I'll do my darndest. 
Um, <laughs> I think it's a natural part of life. I think it probably depends on who you are, right? I think it can be hurtful for some people if it if they feel like it isn't their choice and like the other person, if they're growing apart and maybe the other person doesn't want to interact as much. I don't really know. It's honestly, it's not really something that has bothered me. It's something that I see as a natural part of life. I don't even see it as like fallout. I just see it as like frequency of communication or depth of the relationship. And mm-hmm. sometimes, usually this happens like when goals change, values change, priorities change, um, and, and it's okay. And, um, you know, very rarely do you need to like intentionally cut someone off. I think I used to think like, oh yeah, like I'm on a mission. I'm cutting off anyone who's in my way. Like I'm, I'm trying to like grow this business. Like let's get like that kind of mindset, which I've, I'm quite the opposite nowadays, but it's still like someone who has uh, an opposite worldview that I have or opposite values or like, you know, if, if I'm like, trying to be a really good man and husband and and their thing is like they try and do an affair a week or something like i'm probably not gonna an affair a week i don't know i'm just throwing out a goal that someone i'm like <laughs> kind of like the opposite kind of goal that i'm thinking of like maybe there aren't people who are doing that but oh there definitely are i'm sure exactly so if that person and i were grade school friends and we'd kind of stayed in touch and he really wanted to like you know come over for like tea every afternoon i'd probably be like think so man but and that's okay because you're both doing your own thing <laughs> you get what I'm, I, it was an example of someone whose values and shifted Dude, this whole scenario is just so good like like yeah this person who wants to have an affair a week is coming over for tea <laughs> <laughs> like where did you come up with this situation <laughs> <laughs> would you like english breakfast tea <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think, I think rather than thinking of a fallout as like, we're not friends anymore, like it's a breakup, it's more like we don't communicate as often as we used to, and that's okay. We're both living our lives, and, uh, and that's natural, and that happens. And I don't, I, I distinctly remember, I don't remember who he was talking to, but, on talking to Mike Matthews or he was talking about it many, many years ago. And the conversation was whether or not you have to have an explicit conversation or whether things Mm. just kind of gradually drift. And at least in my life, when things have gradually drifted, like it's normal and natural and, and fine. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, some friends from high school and all that, that like, we were friends for a super long time and they're amazing people, but it's like, you know, they live in Chicago now and I'm in Texas and like, you know, just different. And and even those, you don't see them or talk to them as often as, because when I think of high school friends and especially when I was in New York, like when I'm back for the holidays, I'll see them once and we'll kind of pick up where we left off and it's fun and it's a few hours and we're all together, but that's that's it. And that's all it needs to be. And there's not an expectation. I actually think male to male friendships are a lot easier and more straightforward from everything I've seen than female, female friendships. 
Um, mm. Like most of my longest friendships are very low maintenance and uh, yeah. and very easy. And if it's not, then you you kind of drift apart for that reason too. Um, yeah, but but I don't think that you need to be like, you know, I'm cutting people Have a out of my life. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, yeah. Uh, Wednesday, February 8th, the online fitness business mentorship is on sale. We do two sales a year. This is one of them. It's $300 off. If you're interested in joining, if you're a coach, if you want to grow your online business, if you want to, you know, if you haven't been seeing the results you want in your online business, if you want to become a better coach, which is what we spend a lot of time on. We actually had a Q&A yesterday and had a lot of good, really good programs, specific questions, which is fun. Sign up. It won't be on sale long, uh, February 8th. We'll talk about it on the podcast, but definitely get on the email list, which is linked in the show notes. And that's it. Yeah. And uh, and it's $300 off the normal price. You can say it again. We encourage you to do some price shopping around some other uh, gurus and masterminds to see uh, what they offer and how much they're charging. You might be very surprised at like how low our price point is relative to uh, the industry standard. So we would love to have you. We would love to have you in the mentorship. To everyone who's already in the mentorship, we love you. We appreciate you crushing it. And uh, February 8th is the first day that it, this sale goes live. So if you want to be notified on that day so you don't forget, get on the email list. The link is in the show notes. And uh, that's it. I got to go get my daughter her passport. See you soon. <laughs>